Welcome back to the End Credits Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We are talking everything, everywhere, all at once, and certainly we've got a lot to say about it. I am joined by my co-host, Nick Spain. Nick, what's up, man? Doing well, doing well. Um, I feel like the hype has never been real for a movie like this before. It has as, as of the time we're recording this, it has the highest score on, on Letterboxd of all time. So greatest movie of all time, air quotes, for the people that, you know, aren't here. Is it? I guess we'll find out. My name's Nathan Pig. Thanks so much for clicking on this episode. Yes, as Nick alluded to, um, we're going to break down the film Everything Everywhere all at once. And, and also kind of why the ratings are so high right now, as Nick just said. It is the highest rated movie on Letterboxd with a 4.6 out of 5 average, which quite literally makes it the highest rating rated film on the app, mm-hmm. um, which is insane. So let's kind of get into that first. And, you know, while we let's not talk spoilers about the movie, but why do we think that it's got that high of a rating? Because that's insane. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just so and and i we talked about this yesterday the word that i would use to describe this movie is is chaotic like it's just very chaotic it threw the kitchen sink at you it's so different um i feel like the multiverse storyline itself is so popular because everybody's doing it i mean spider-man no way home had super super big success dr strange coming out this summer um you know big hype on that even even freaking riverdale i don't watch riverdale but i know that they're doing a multiverse so i feel like just all those things put together are just just skyrocketing this for no reason yeah you touched on a word that that i think perfectly describes it it's so different right like you mentioned we do have other multiverse type movies of course no way home took over the world and in very much many aspects still is but this is just so different. This is so unlike anything we've ever seen. And I think people are so floored by that. This movie does so many things where they just don't care, right? Like they, they'll throw something out there where right. most of the time you'd be like, that's so random or what the heck is that? And a lot of times you do say that in this movie, but they do that so frequently. And it's almost like they went into the writer's room and just said, everything's on the table literally just spitball any idea, no idea is a bad idea. And they implemented a lot of those. And I think that's what people, people are really loving about it is there's no grounded aspect to it. It's anything can happen at any time. And it doesn't matter how random it is. I think that's what people absolutely adore about it. Yeah. And I also think too, that they're at the, the core of, this movie, it's a story about family acceptance, you know, being able to, you know, love your family, even though they're different than you and understand them, even though you don't have the same feelings or thoughts. Like at the, the end of the day, it's a, a movie about family. And I feel like people really see through all of the chaos and just kind of see that family, family story. So for sure, for sure. So let's uh, let's jump right in and talk spoilers here. So if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once and you don't want to hear us uh, spoil it or go into detail, this is your warning right now. All right. So 
let's kind of dive into a little bit more specifically about what we mean by the chaos and the, the different of it all. Yeah, I mean, of course, this takes place over multiple different universes, but the majority of this movie takes place in an IRS building. Um, and I feel like it's just a big conglomerate of, like I mentioned, family drama. You got the the martial arts, like action type, you know, themes. And then you also have this comedic element as well. Um, for me, I think there were, there was just so much going on as well too that, um, and I know you mentioned it, you felt like you're in the theater for longer <laughs> than, than it felt. Yeah. It, I asked you this last night too. Is it possible for a movie to, you can totally feel the runtime, but you also enjoy it and you still think it's a good movie. And you said, yeah, that's, that's totally possible. Cause that's how it felt. Like this movie is about a little shorter than two and a half hours, which yeah, is a I long know. movie, but I legitimately felt like I was in there all day. I felt like I got the special screener four hour director's cut. Um, it felt really long and I definitely was waiting for it to end, but I still enjoyed it and I still had a good time and I could still appreciate everything that went into it. And I think part of why the runtime feels so long is because there's just so much that happens. They don't, right. they don't take any time other than maybe the first 15 minutes. Like they don't stop for anyone or anything. They are moving and they don't slow down. Yeah. And I think too, right. And you mentioned the beginning is that I think from the short amount of setup time that they did have, they used that time very, very well. I mean, we talk about this sometimes not using wasted, not wasting any, any time on, on screen. And I feel like because this movie easily could have been like four to six hours. I think you just jam packed this whole movie. <laughs> Why'd you look at me like that? It could ah, be. It ah, could be. No, I, thank you. No. I thanks. mean, of course, I don't. I don't want it to be. But like, if they said this is going to be a two, like you know, a six episode miniseries with hour long episodes, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, they just like jam packed. It's like when you go on vacation. And you don't know like what to bring, what not to bring. So you're just shoving everything in your suitcase. And then it comes time to close it. And you're like, hey, come sit on this for me while I, while I zip it up. That's what this movie was like. That's the perfect analogy on how the, what this movie is. We do analogies really well on this show. For those of you that haven't picked that up yet, Nick and I are both analogy experts. So, yeah, I just this felt really long to me. And you're right. They probably did have more content to keep it going. I wonder what it was like deciding what they needed to cut. Cause every movie has stuff they cut out. Of course. Um, right. I wonder what it was like when they had to cut things out because everything's so chaotic and really there's not a point to it making sense because everything just happens so randomly. And while there's some, you know, idea of what's going on, I feel like they could have cut out a bunch of different scenes. It wouldn't have mattered. Right. I would not be surprised if like later this year, if they were, you know, talking to maybe the director duo of Daniel and Daniel or talking to the Russo brothers 
who, you know, were producers on this. And somehow, some way it came out that there's like a four or five hour director's cut. And it's like a Zack Snyder director's cut where people are just begging online for the director's cut of this to come out. I, I can just totally see see there being so much more to this than than what meets the eye. I want to talk about, too, before we get into the actual... Well, though, we can go ahead and do that because we are talking about the film production of it. I do want to talk about how this film was made. Um, it's tremendous. Like the filmmaking side of things, especially the editing and the visual effects were tremendous because as, again, chaotic is a word that you're going to hear us say a lot when talking about this movie. As chaotic as everything was, it really felt like a dream. And, and clearly we know how they made it like how they right. physically went through and, and made this look, but it's crazy how they did it. I mean, this is remarkably impressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think that it was shot really well. There were some good, I feel like the editing really made it, it work overall. Um, but I mean, like I said, for anything to, to be coherent with the amount of, stuff that was going on in this movie i i just think you know hands hand clap i don't know why i said hands off hats off to, to whoever you know was in the the editing and, and production room on this one yeah i mean i really i really can't speak enough to how this was made um because this was tremendous this is a a technical masterpiece for for how you are supposed to make a film um, because there's just so, so, so much going on. I think costume design is another one that will probably get overlooked because yeah, especially with, um, Stephanie, uh, how do you pronounce her last name? Hughes. Yeah. H-S-E. For, for joy. Yeah. The daughter. For, yeah. I don't know. Hugh, Hugh. I don't want to butcher that, but I probably already did. Um, yeah. Joy's joy's costumes were, were fantastic especially with too how quick it was um imagine how many hours went into making those costumes for them to have like 10 seconds of screen time yeah yeah um i want to talk about the comedy because that's something that you and i are actually on two different sides of um i thought i i was not laughing my butt off watching this i did not have the time of my life watching this but there were certainly several reoccurring jokes or callbacks or just payoffs that they set up earlier that I actually found funny. Um, there were a couple times where I was one of the only few people in the theater laughing. I, I saw this in a full theater, which was great. Uh, despite the guy snoring behind me. Um, and there were times where I laughed with everyone. There were times where I laughed by myself and I didn't, I wouldn't call this a, a movie that I found very funny, but it definitely had some jokes that, that worked for me. And I know you uh, are on the opposite side of that. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know that this was had comedic elements going in. And and for me, I just didn't, I don't think, maybe I laughed maybe like a chuckle like once or twice because I was like, wow, this is wild. But it was never like, oh my God, this is hilarious, howling. Like my my theater was definitely into it the comedy aspect more than I was. I felt like a lot of people around me were laughing um, pretty much, you know, all the way through. I think the two scenes that really kind of encompass where the comedy was off for me 
is that you have, and of course, and we're going to talk about this later is the, the creativity of, of this movie. Um, but you have these two guys trying to plug themselves. If you've seen the movie, you, you know what I'm talking about. You have these guys trying to plug themselves and people were just laughing their asses off. And I just could not, could not find that um, funny. And, you know, raccoon Atui. I know Nathan, you disagree with this. I, I didn't find that funny either. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Um, yeah, of course, you know, comedy is subjective. So, um, but I, I do think while it wasn't funny for you, I did, I did like how different the comedy was from the overall, um, style of the film. And, and how I mean by that is the, I feel like the comedy was written well for a movie that throws just the most random things at you doesn't need explanation, Oh, here's this random thing. Here's people with hot dogs for fingers. Here's people trying to shove stuff up there. You know what? Here's or like just all this random, random, random crap. I feel like the comedy when it did happen was written well and not just like, oh, here's this completely out of left field thing just to make you laugh. And while, yeah, some of the jokes were completely random, like the raccoon uh, in the ratatouille form, they at least set it up beforehand. And that's what I mean. Like they, they right. wrote the jokes, they wrote the jokes in very smartly or, or very, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And see, like when, when she's like on his shoulders, like pulling his hair and, and vice versa, like they're chasing the raccoon down. I was like, come on, are we, are we serious? Like, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like that, that's my one major gripe with this movie was the comedy. I also just feel like too, like, you know, we, we talked about it before everything is, this has a four, six on letterbox. It's super high um, ratings wise. And, you know, I just don't, don't see it. Um, but also I feel like wasn't really type, my type of movie. Um, I feel too that, this probably could get better on second watch. Um, you could kind of like get through the sludge of, of the movie and kind of like get to what's actually going on. Now that you know what's going on, you can maybe enjoy it a little bit more for me. It's not calling my name back. Um, I could probably go the rest of my life without watching this movie ever again. Um, but I also just have that thought in the back of my head that I feel like this could get, get better on on rewatch while that will most likely never happen i mean we're in agreement there there's totally movies that you can watch that you never want to see again and i feel like when a lot of people say that they are referring to a movie that maybe makes them uncomfortable like uh schindler's list and um things movies of that type where you are quite literally uncomfortable watching it but you still know it's a great film I think that can apply with several other things too. Why would I need to see this again, especially when there's nothing that grabs me to it? I think it right. was tremendously well made. I had a fun time with it, but I also felt like it went on for way too long, despite me not really knowing there's any obvious areas to cut out. Um, I didn't grip to the story. I didn't grip to the humor. And I certainly was not in the camp that was like, 
wow, I have no idea what's going on. This is great. Um, so right. we are we are in total agreement there. And yeah, I mean, this is a movie that I'm certainly happy was made, um, but I, I won't be watching it again for a very long time. And yeah. when I do, I don't know how excited I will be to watch it again because it is just so, so chaotic. And so you're right. Let's throw the kitchen sink. Let's throw the whole house at this person at this movie and it's a little overwhelming and not to the point where i enjoyed it yeah and and also too like i mean there's obviously some really good elements you know i think the creativity of of verse jumping was super interesting with just weird things that you had to do like you know snorting a fly up your nose or you know what are some other ones uh, telling somebody that you love them to access like some skills um, from like a different universe. Like I think that aspect was super creative and just the movie overall is, is creative. Um, but at the end of the day, like it just wasn't a movie that, that I love the creativity can only go so far with this. And also too, is that I think, I don't know. I mean, of course, the continuity can, you know, hurt a movie. But I also think that there were some rules that were kind of in a gray area where you didn't really know, like, how this works or why it works for one person, but not somebody else. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that. And I don't think either one of us is saying that we absolutely need to understand it forwards and backwards every little detail to love it i mean look at movies like inception for example we don't have to know every little detail and know it like the back of our hand uh, to love it but you're right i don't really know i I know the bare minimum to follow what's going on and for that reason it it makes it hard to to grip onto right i think also to is that I really enjoyed the, you know, humane aspect towards the end of the film um, with the mother daughter kind of having their, their moment, the things that, that we talked about earlier. Um, I think one thing that I would have, have wanted to see more of is that throughout the film um, just overall. I would have liked to see more of um Jamie Lee Curtis as the villain. I thought she was terrific. Um, And she plays a great, like, psycho, intimidating force. Um, Do I necessarily need to see her doing ninja moves? Um, No. But I thought she was really intimidating, especially when you're still kind of figuring out what's going on. So I would like to see her a little bit more as the villain instead of the daughter. Um, But that's just me. I was going to say, for me, too, is like the aspect of like is i don't know just the the different selves in the in the the multiverse kind of it it's one of those things where if on the face value of watching the movie you're like okay it makes sense while i'm watching it but if you like try and like break break it down like why like was joy the how do you pronounce it uh jabu what jobu tapaki yeah was joy jabu tapaki for her whole life or was it just opened up like recently like within the the time frame of this movie like 
I could, I could go deeper into like other questions that I have that kind of like throw some, you know, wrench into the, the movie, but obviously, you know, it's not really necessary. And to be honest with you, like, I don't really care whether she was or wasn't like the movie didn't do a good enough job of like making, and and maybe we're the minority. I mean, I think we are the minority, Yeah, but I don't really care. Like the question that you just asked, was she Jobu Tapaki for the whole, her whole life or not? I I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Like the movie didn't do a good enough job of pulling me into that specific part of it. And I will say that despite the high scores, I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat with us as far as like, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. I just think where we differ from the majority is people said, yeah, I don't know what the heck happened, but man, I had a blast. That was just so much fun. It wasn't anything like I was expecting. Whereas we're like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything like we were expecting. That was crazy, but I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it all that much. Right. Yeah. And I feel I think, too, there's always this, I wouldn't say peer pressure, but always this, like, wanting to conform to what's going on. And I feel like this could be a case of that with this having a four or six. Like, people, maybe this could be on on a scale of a four or four and a half, and people are like, oh, well, everybody else is giving it a five-star, so I might as well give it a five-star, too. Um, you know, and obviously we're not in in that boat. Do you want to share share your score? Yeah, yeah. This is a four star for me. I know that we've talked um, quite a bit about you know what we didn't like about it, but with a film that is quite literally the highest rated film of all time at the time of this recording, I think it's a little bit easier to talk about the flaws it has and the disagreements we have. It's right. still a four star. I still enjoyed it to a point, but I didn't enjoy it to the fact where it was all I could think about the next day. I was like pumped to talk about it. I'm thinking about going seeing it again. No, that's, that's not me. I I was checking my watch quite a bit. I was ready for it to be over where I really love this film is, is from the creativity side of things. Well, I didn't have an absolute blast watching just the most random stuff happen. Um, I love that something like this is able to exist and just be completely off the walls bonkers. And the creativity of it, um, I really, really enjoyed. And that's where I really respect it along with the filmmaking. So it's a four star for me. Um, I really hope this falls, to be honest. With you. I'm not, I, I don't want to like root on a movie's downfall, but the fact that this says higher than every movie, but higher than icons like Shawshank, like Godfather, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is nowhere near those movies. Yeah. And for me, it's a a four star movie as well. Um, I feel like it kind of falls into the appreciate what it was going for camp rather than a movie that that I loved. Um, But I I agree Um, for for me. I don't know if listeners out there know know this or I've said this before on on the show, but Parasite to me is 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 very overrated. I, I think it's a great movie, but it's overrated for people thinking it's one of the best best picture winners of all time i just i disagree with that fact but i think you need to i think you need to clarify that one more time so people don't come for us or come for you no i did (laughs) i i said it's a great movie but it's not one of the greatest movies of all time and people think that 
also, I just feel like people have just kind of burned that into my thinking because so many people have been like down my throat about it that like it just makes me not like it. But in 10 years, will we be talking about this movie like a Godfather, like a Shawshank Redemption, like a Dark Knight? I just don't think so. Yeah, and I hope not. And I, I hope, hope not. And not only is think- it not only is it our opinion that we didn't like it as much, but like, you know, we, we've been doing this for a little while. We know what's a great movie. And, and while we might not love certain things, we know what's great movies. And this is not, this is not one of those all timers. It's just not. Well, I think also too, there's always that, that area that, that we talk about where, you know, 12 months or 11 months from, from the Oscars, this isn't really the release area that you would see a best picture type movie be released in. Do you see this being anywhere in the Oscars in February, March, whenever they decide to do it in 2023? I see it being part of the conversation. I do. Um, I know that we had this conversation last night and I know that you have some good points to bring up. Um, I think the popularity of it all and just how, how much this is sweeping the movie world and movie community. I do think there's a chance. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to lean at this point. Yeah. I think it will be part of the conversation for me. I think, I think it will be part of the conversation, but I think you're going to see it in things more like visual effects, maybe costumes, maybe editing rather than a best picture for, for me. I just, looking at the movies that have won and have been nominated for best picture in the past, you know, decade, this just doesn't fall in that, in that realm of, of movies. When was the last time, like a comedy other than an Adam McKay comedy got nominated for best picture. I just, and maybe that's my thinking, but I guess we'll see. Hopefully somebody can quote us on this and see how wrong we were. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, that'll wrap up our episode on everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, if you would, please give the show a follow over on TikTok and Credits Pod. Uh, we took a little hiatus, but we will be back there soon. So that is the best way to support us. I want to shout out our producer, Jack. Jack, thank you so much for all you do. We would not be able to put these episodes out without him. I'd like to thank Nick for uh, being here today, talking about this with us. Again, my name is Nathan. Uh, Any last words here, Nick? Nope. Just, you know, here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Um, Every bagel. However, oh God, however you're listening to this, if you would, please uh, check out our other episodes. If you made it this far, chances are you at least liked a little bit of what we had to say. So please check out our other episodes. We did a lot of Oscar stuff. We talked about Coda and wrapped up the year 2021 in a nice little bow. So, Um, however you've listened to this please go ahead and check out our other stuff and we hope to see you next time from nick from nathan this has been the end credits podcast thanks so much for listening